Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast. Ooh boy, do we have a show for everyone this week. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I am Zach Badgerhouse, always in the house. Zach, it is the end of the NBA draft. It is the end of NBA free agency. We are now fully in the offseason, but there have been just an absurd amount of moves in free agency yesterday, today, going to be all throughout the week. We're going to be seeing more and more signings, more trades. This is an exciting time, and we're usually used to this kind of mid-July, early July, but it's mid-August because of the way the schedule worked out. And uh, I still am trying to process everything happening around the Bulls right now. A wise man once said, and I'll tell you who that wise man is. Cameron Smith, who we will probably have on pretty soon. Now, he said this season is officially the bag season. <laughs> it's where a lot of guys go out and get a bag. And a lot of players have definitely gotten paid so far during these first two days, a few days of NBA free agency. So we got to get right into it, buddy. Yeah, we're excited. So let's let's start because we got a lot of teams. We got to pick our winners. We got to pick our losers as we do with every single NBA free agency <laughs> period. Everyone, someone has to win. Someone has to lose. But let's start with the Chicago Bulls. My Chicago Bulls, the team who has just brought me nothing but pain for the past five years, six years. Uh, now, Zach, they actually look like they are serious about winning basketball games, which is they do? a first. What did they do? What did which they is go a out first. There and do? <laughs> oh, they got some good players, Zach. They got some good players. They got some fun players. They made some moves in free agency. Um, let's start with Lonzo Ball, a player who mm-hmm. the Bulls were connected with pretty much all of last season. A lot of people were talking about Lonzo going to the Bulls, and it never really happened around the trade deadline. They couldn't yep. get a trade going. So they had to wait till the end of the season. They had to wait till Lonzo was a free agent. He was a restricted free agent, which means the the Pelicans could have matched a deal. But what ended up happening was a big trade. And I won't go into the super specific details, but Lonzo ends up on the Bulls. Tomas Sadoransky is gone. Um, Garrett Temple is gone. A second round pick is gone. I think the Bulls fleeced the Pelicans with this type of pick and, and they, with this trade. They were able to get Lonzo for very little giving up. They didn't have to give up Lowry Markkinen. Um, and they still have Lowry Markkinen, which we will get into, but they were able to get Lonzo. They were able to get their point guard, the guy who they needed to facilitate this offense led by Zach Levine, a guy who they have been missing for, I want to even say, the past like eight years since losing Derrick Rose, honestly, maybe six, seven years. They have not had a true point guard who has been the face of the organization to be able to facilitate the offense since Derrick Rose. And so Lonzo is able to step into that as a soon-to-be 24-year-old. He's going to be able to help Levine get the shots that he needs. Vucevic, he's going to be able to run pick and rolls. 
I'm very excited with what Lonzo Ball is going to bring to the Chicago Bulls offense. Not only that, though, Zach, they go out and they <laughs> sign Alex Caruso from the Los Angeles Lakers, a hard-nosed defensive player. He is someone who's going to come in and really help with their defense because it's what they need. They need help with the on-ball defense. They need a high IQ type of player. They get a three-point shooter, too, with Alex Caruso. So you get two high IQ players with Lonzo. You get it with Alex Caruso. They need that, and I think that's what Billy Donovan was looking for. Karnaschovas was looking for that as a GM. And then, Zach, today, at about, what, 3 p.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Look at him. Out. On a Tuesday. Listen, y'all, you see how excited my man is. <laughs> this is incredible because they get DeMar DeRozan. They get him from the Spurs in a sign and trade. They give up uh, Thad Young, which I'm a little sad about, but I think it had to be done. Al Camino, they have to give up, and they had to give up uh, a couple first-round draft picks and a couple second-round draft picks. So it was a pretty big haul that they had to give up for DeMar DeRozan. But, Zach, I think it will end up being worth it because the lineup that the Chicago Bulls have now, you have Lonzo, point guard, Zach Levine, shooting guard. DeMar DeRozan will probably play the three. Patrick Williams, second-year player at the four, and Nikola Vucevic at the five. I don't know if that's a number one top of the Eastern Conference starting lineup, but it has got to be a playoff starting lineup. At the very minimum, that's a playoff starting lineup. And I think you could make the argument you throw in some good bench players, and I don't think they're done making moves, especially with Lowry Markkinen still uh, as a restricted free agent. They could do a sign and trade with him. I think the Bulls could be a top five team in the Eastern Conference next year if they do continue to make some good moves before the start of the year. Looks like a new identity heading towards Chicago, right? New identity. I'm ready. Looks like they're going to be aiming towards some defense. I saw one of our colleagues actually question who's going to play defense for the Chicago Bulls. Well, I strongly believe that Lonzo is going to be an all-defensive guy. You know, he's going to make one of those offensive, uh, all-defensive teams, you know, in the next few years because he's been one of those defensive players out on a perimeter who's gotten it done so far early in his career. We want to see him up the scoring. You know, I love the fit, right? Lonzo Ball complimenting uh, Zach Levine. Zach Levine, Zach Levine, not a guy who's, you know, defensive-minded or defensive no. first, but that takes the pressure off of Zach Levine in terms of guarding the best ball handler for the opposing team. And so when you look at it from that perspective, Ben, I love it a lot if you're the Chicago, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, I'm right along with you guys, you know, because Lonzo is definitely going to be a strong fit next to Zach Levine. Yeah. My biggest concern is, well... You know, Lonzo Ball, that's cool, right? Alex Caruso, that's even better. Well, I'm not yeah. saying that's even better, but that that adds even more depth to that backcourt. But man, oh man, if you're Kobe White, I don't know how you Ooh. feeling right now, right? <laughs> I don't know how he's going to feel. But like you mentioned, Vucevic, I do like that along with uh, marketing. I think they should actually keep him now or try to see what they can do. I mean, you're going to kind of need that piece in terms of the front court. In, with the depth that you've lost with Thaddeus Young, right? And so they're going to need to either address that with Lloyd Marketing or just keep him, in all honesty. Yeah, and it's it's very clear that Karnaschovas is trying to build. It's not the Denver Nuggets 2.0. It's kind of the Denver Nuggets light from coming over from Denver. You have mm -hmm. your, your multifaceted center in Vucevic, who is acting like a Jokic in this scenario. Not as good as Jokic. I'm not saying that. I mean, I love the Joker more than anyone. So Vucevic is not Jokovic or Jokic, but he's in that type of arena. He's that similar. He can pass out of the post. He's a three-point shooter. You have Levine, who kind of acts as a Jamal Murray type of guard player, who's a scorer and, and a guy who can 
facilitate if he has to, but is also, you know, kind of the main scorer. And around you've got building blocks, right? You kind of have the DeMar DeRozan acting as a, a Will Barton type of player. You got the point guard that you need. So it's very it's very obvious that Karnaschovas is really trying to model the Bulls a bit after the Denver Nuggets, which I think is a very good thing. But like you said, Kobe White seems like he's a bit of the odd man out. <laughs> and I think he had a really good end of the season last year scoring-wise. For sure, he showed that he can be a really good scorer in bunches. And I think that's very valuable. And that might be someone who you want coming off the bench. But if he's someone who wants a starting role, once his rookie contract is up, he may leave or they, they Bulls may try to trade him right now while he has a really low costing contract. So I'm not really sure what the plan is for Kobe White, but it does seem, Zach, that they don't necessarily have plans for him to be a high impactful guy, at least next season. With all the guards that they're getting and all the moves that they have made, it was very clear Kobe White is not going to be one of the main Bulls players next season. Well, he'll probably be the backup for Zach Levine, right? So that'll you'll probably have this instance where you're subtracting scoring for for more scoring. Not necessarily more scoring, meaning you're going to get more points. But when Zach Levine comes out of the game, Kobe White will be able to come in and be able to provide that you know a similar scoring lift that Zach Levine does provide. And so with the DeRozan situation, I think he can play defense. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes, as we all know. That's a guy who can go out and get 30, 40 points shooting all mid-range jumpers and attacking the basket and going to the free throw line. Yes. So he does take a smart percentage shots. You know, it may not be too kind for the analytical people out there, but I I do believe, you know, DeMar DeRozan will be able to provide offense on the wing, you know, to alongside with Zach Levine and be able to complement them both all together. So the future is bright in Chicago. The future is it's, very bright in Chicago. It's uh, it's a lot brighter than what we have been used to to start the season. And <laughs> it just really shows, Zach, it, it shows how bad the Garpacks front office really was Uh-oh. and how just incapable they were at making moves and making moves that actually made sense for the team instead of just throwing a bunch of stars together or trying to get big name players in and, and hoping that it worked itself out. Karnaschovas has, has a view and he has the mentality of what the Bulls need, and he knows what Billy Donovan wants and the type of coach that he is. And you put all that together, and what you get is you get a team that complements each other. You get Lonzo Ball complementing Zach Levine. You get a Zach Levine-Lonzo Ball backcourt complementing Vucevic in the frontcourt. You have Patrick Williams, who fits in as that quintessential four player who can play really good defense and really starting to come into his own on the offensive side. So you have all these pieces that are put together in a meaningful way with purpose, Instead of just throwing Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, and Jimmy Cutler <laughs> together, which made no sense at the time, it makes no sense now, and it, it just goes to show what a change in front office can do, and and how much of a better place the Bulls are in right now with the front office that they have, with the coach that they have, because it all makes sense. You can see what the Bulls are doing. You can see what they're going for. They're making impressive moves. They're giving away draft picks to get players to win now, and it's just it's so refreshing. It's so nice. It's a great feeling. Your voice. Mm-hmm. It's I just you. <laughs> you, you feel free. You know, you feel like you, you, anything is possible at this point. The Bulls can go out and be another dynasty if they wanted to. <laughs> but with dark packs, you didn't feel that way. You, you felt like you were stuck in the mud. You felt like you were in quicksand. You just were, were trying to get out and it was just making it worse. And that's where the Bulls were under the last under the last front office. And so it's just it's so nice, Zach. It's so nice to be able to sit here and say the Bulls are in a good spot and to be optimistic about their future, because that is a feeling that is very foreign to me in the last half a decade with the Chicago Bulls. So I'm very happy. Can DeRozan fit? P- 
people smarter and know more about basketball X's and O's than me will have to tell me if he if he's actually a good fit because you know he's not a three point shooter. He's an okay defender. He's really good at the mid range and how that's going to work with Zach and Vucevic and and how they're going to be able to share the ball. We don't know yet. We don't know how that's going to work out. But at least you're trying. At least you're putting names together to surround Zach with some good talent to help hopefully give him more incentive to sign that contract extension. So there may be issues with the lineup, and I'm sure people will be able to nitpick it. And and, and I think people will have valid reasons to say there may be some issues with it. But right now, I'm on cloud nine, baby. I am. I'm just living. I'm excited. <laughs> I may open up a drink, get a beer going, get the champagne going. This is this is living. Is this how other teams feel? Is this how teams with, with GMs feel like? Everything's going right. It's great. Well, you know, let's take a trip out west. And, you know, that that player slash GM guy over there out west in L.A., he could probably tell you, his fans could probably tell you a few things when when it comes to, you know, LeBron, the GM, with getting guys on the phone and bringing guys over to his team to help compete for a championship. And the Los Angeles Lakers being... Have, oh, ju- yeah. have done just that. And it's so crazy, Ben, because we had, you know, last week, NBA draft, you know, we had Jeff Goodman on. You know, you guys did a great job with that interview, you know, you and Nate. And if you haven't heard that yet, make sure you listen to that. But what's so interesting, here comes draft night, right? Lakers steal the show. LeBron, they just steal the show. Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. Whoa! Just forget about the first. Just forget about Kay Cunningham going to the yep. Pistons. You know, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, all these notable players. Scotty Barnes surprisingly going before Jalen Suggs. And so, you know, all of these things could have been talked about. But yet, LeBron picks up the phone, makes a phone call, gets his buddy Russell Westbrook on the line. And Russell Westbrook, being is officially a Los Angeles Laker back in his hometown, played for UCLA. And they brought over some more players, too, Ben. They brought over Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, a shooter. You know, Ariza's a 3 and D guy. That yeah. He's up there in age. But, man, GM Brian is on the move, and they got another guy. We're not even going to mention his name until the very end of the <laughs> podcast because that's just how I'm feeling. All but right. Los Angeles Lakers, they've done a good job by by the means of GM LeBron. So, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Lakers. Um, I, first of all, are the, all their games are going to have to be early, right? <laughs> these guys are tired. They're old. They're going to have to go to sleep by 8 p.m. I I I. I'm confused a bit about what they're doing. It's understandable because we know LeBron loves veterans, right? We know he loves to have those vets surrounding him. And it's very clear that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to get the older guys in and, and surround him with guys who have playoff experience and league experience. But do they, does it work? Is this, does this fit together? I, I like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're trying to do. Um, but it just, it seems like it's a weird move. I don't know if it makes them better in the long run or if it mm-hmm. just makes them plateau it keeps them the same and they're the same last year as they are going to be this year like i don't know and i know you don't want to mention his name so we'll uh unless you want to mention his name going to the lakers today <laughs> it's just I, you, I don't know how it all fits i don't so, it, it's so crazy because they just got a young guy breaking news <laughs> by our very own shams you know kendrick oh, nunn yeah. going to the going to the los angeles lakers so that's some youth and some grit right that's some grit 
gritty player, young player, Kendrick Nunn, you know, all first team rookie, you know, finished what third in uh, rookie voting as a rookie. So before COVID last season, even, you know, he was playing great basketball. And so I think he'll have an opportunity to be able to play, you know, some good basketball with the hands of uh, LeBron James and coming into training camp, you know, getting that camaraderie and that familiarness with uh, with that uh, team. Yeah, the Lakers don't care about the salary cap. Very clearly. Yeah, they're just bringing in whoever, whoever they want. And <laughs> it, it looks like through the roof. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, and what our own Sham said, he said, Nunn's deal has a player option in year two. And Zach, the funniest part to me, he turned down more money with the Knicks <laughs> to join oh, the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always got to be the Knicks, right? It always got to be the Knicks. Everyone wants to go play with LeBron out West. And, you know, you're going to look at the people will look at the Bulls and say they did. They won free agency. They did a great job. They improved their team. I don't know what people will say. And I would love to hear from people tweeting at us or just people on Twitter. What the points in the painters think about this Lakers team, because I truly don't know how to feel. I mean, I, I see the veteran talent that they're adding. They're adding big names. They're adding guys who, you know, if this was 2014. This would be, clearly be the best team in the NBA. But, you know, 2014 was seven years ago. So it's been a while since a lot of these players were in their prime or were really good. Maybe if they're all mixed and matched together, it'll work out. I, I just don't know. I don't know how to feel about this Knicks team or Lakers team. I'm I'm trending towards the side of pessimism. But with LeBron, you just never know. You never know. Hey, you know, you got to be optimistic when it comes to LeBron. But, you know, it's so crazy when you break down the roster, right? The average age right now probably is like 33. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's 33, probably, 34. Yeah, yeah it's, it's old. The average, the average age on that team right now is pretty high. And so they don't really have a lot of young legs. You're right. But I think the, he, uh, the ice packs on those teams post game, oh, they're going to they be spending millions on ice. <laughs> they got to get all the ice. And that's what's funny, because I think Bron wanted guys who had playoff experience, right? Because when you look at the team last year, even with the health situation, a lot of guys didn't really know, you know, how to create their own offense or how to get, you know, be in the right position at the right time, right spots, defensively and offensively. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers, they got rid of Drummond, brought back Dwight Howard. I think that's very important to uh to mention because I think, you know, what he did for the championship team yeah. was a big deal, you know, coming off the bench, providing that defensive spark, you know, getting rebounds, you know, being in guys' face, you know, setting the tone for that team coming off the bench. I think that was, you know, huge during their play, during their championship run, the Los Angeles 100%. Lakers. And so, you know, adding these guys and then adding that last guy, <laughs> that's going to be so huge because, and you know what's funny being, a lot of people don't like this. You know, you, you question whether or not it's going to work. A lot of people don't even want these players to be on this team. A lot of people see this is what it really is, Ben. A lot of people do not want LeBron James to pass Michael Jordan because a lot of people still feel that Mike is the GOAT. And that's fine. You can feel that way. You know, most people do. That's the popular opinion. You know, you got Bron fans, you got Jordan fans, whatever the case may be, right? You know, you decide on whichever greatness you prefer. So on, so, mm -hmm. so be it. But there are a lot of people who don't want to see LeBron win to the point where they'll create any excuse. I'm going to read you a tweet that was said by a LeBron hater. LeBron has now played with D-Wade, Bosh, Kyrie, Kevin Love, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook now. And Bron fans knocked Jordan because he had one all-star. 
And LeBron had all this help just to lose six times in the finals. So people go out there, basketball fans go out there and say messy things like that, Ben, and create a certain narrative around LeBron James. So how do you feel about that? I, I think it's inescapable for him. He's always going to be the guy who people are just going to yell at. And people, I think you're right. There's people who look at Jordan and say, he's he's the best player I've ever seen. He's going to be my greatest of all time. And no one is going to be able to come close to him at all. And LeBron, no matter what he does, no matter how he plays, he's always going to be criticized for whatever he does and whatever he doesn't do. So I think that is something it seems to me he has come to grips with. He has come to peace with. He didn't seem comfortable with it in 2012, 2013 when he was on the heat and he did all those I am the bad guy commercials. If you remember those, that was very clearly him not okay with being called the bad guy and him trying to like look like a fun guy who understood it. But I think now as he's gotten older, mid thirties, getting into his upper thirties, he's at peace with it. He knows people are just going to yell at him. He knows people are going to criticize whatever he does or doesn't do. And he is fine. He's got his, he's got his Looney Tunes contract. He's working over there for movies. He's a, he's a movie star. He's going to have all his brands going. He's going to get, have his son coming into college, going into the league with him, hopefully at one day. I think he is fine with that. And he may win another one or two championships. And honestly, if he does, it's going to be hard to say he's not the best player of all time. If he gets the finals MVP and he's going to get finals MVP with, you know, three different teams, things like that. It's impressive for him to be able to do that. And it's, at that point, if he wins another one, even wins another two titles, you're really not going to have any legs to stand on to say he is worse than Michael hey, Jordan. listen, listen. I don't even care how many losses he has if he gets six. And then it's like, okay, if he gets to six, two more, how many times has he been there at this point, right? Like, he's been there so many times. How many minutes have been accumulated throughout all this time, all these amount of years? Like, they don't appreciate the greatness being they really do not like they don't they don't appreciate the amount of energy LeBron has had to exert throughout all these years being an NBA like you point and say well LeBron was on a super team but dive into the context when you say that dive deep into it who was hurt who was available who wasn't available every time you mention those sort of things it's just like the Warriors right when they won their first championship every star player that they on the opposing team was not available. And so it's like, you have to remember how you say things when you try to create a narrative around these players in the NBA, because there's context that needs to be said when you say simplistic things like that. And you'll have a chance this year. And the Lakers, you know, people can yell at their free agency decisions, and I I absolutely will be one to do that. But they are still, if fully healthy, they will be one of the favorites to win the title this year with that Westbrook and Davis and and LeBron core. Um, And you throw in some interesting pieces like a Kendrick Nunn, like a Carmelo Anthony. And I don't know how he's going to fit on that team, but you got the banana boat squad back together and and they're going to try for a run in the Western conference and they're going to have to play younger and faster and so. more analytically inclined teams like the Utah jazz or even the Phoenix suns now with Chris Paul resigning there. So it's going to be a tough, tough road for the Lakers and for LeBron, but who's to say that they can't pull it off. They can't pull off some 90 style basketball, no threes being shot running, Westbrook running. in the lane, LeBron in the lane. Be. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say it's not going to work because you just never know when you add a star like Westbrook to that team. But it will be interesting. Those games will be very fascinating to watch because there's going to be maybe two three pointers made from that team 
every single game. That's about it. Silly. It'll probably be more than that. But on another note, Ben, what's so crazy is that a lot of guys are running it back. You know, Chris Paul oh, yeah. turned. This is what I was. I was so surprised with this, Ben. Chris Paul turned down forty-four million dollars. Now I think that may be a that might have been a selfless move on his part. But if I was Chris Paul, you know, he decided to run it back with the Phoenix Suns four years, 120. So that's probably like, what, $30 million a year, give or take. Yep. But what's so crazy, Ben, is he left $44 million. I probably would have opted in and yeah. then tried to get another contract, you know, after maybe the All-Star break or something. I probably would have tried to do a one plus one if I'm Chris Paul. I probably would have tried to handle that a little different. But on the flip side of that, I bring up the selflessness because – who got paid in Phoenix? Who else got paid? I know it don't really matter. It ain't a huge name, but I just want you to tell me who got who else got paid? What other guard? What other point guard? What other point guard being he got paid? Uh, <laughs> one and only. The the former Chicago Bull, Cameron Payne. Got his cash. He got the bag, Zach. He got the bag. And it's impressive that he was able to do it. And I, to be honest, I was surprised he didn't get more. Really? He got, what, what was it, nine mil over two years, I believe, was the contract? A little more than that. I think he I think he got like 16 for three years or something along the lines of that. Like 16, eight, somewhere around there. He got right. It was three-year contract. Yep. Three-year contract, 19 mil. Yeah, you know, somewhere around there. He got a little, he got a couple dollars. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I he played a really crucial role on that team, right? And so yeah, that's, the final, in the you know, playoffs, it was six yes. six point three mil a year with that contract. And I honestly I would have expected him to get maybe even up to eight with the way he played and with how valuable he looked and with the amount of teams that seemingly were interested in him. I know the Knicks were interested in campaign. <laughs> they're interested in um, everybody. <laughs> they're interested in everybody. They need, they need a lot of help. Uh, so the Knicks were <laughs> interested in him. There were some other teams I'm sure that were interested in him. So to get six, 6.3 mil a year for, for him on the Suns for the next three years, I, the Suns got incredibly got a steal with Cameron Payne. I, I again, I, this is the, the year first for me with campaign sentences because <laughs> I never thought I would be saying anything good about Cameron Payne after what he did on the bulls, but here we are. He's getting 6.3 mil from the sun. He's going to be an offensive contributor for them for the time being. He's going to get to learn from Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. He's set. He's good to go. He is good to go. Jimmy Butler got the bag tax free yep. in Florida. You know, <laughs> he got the oh, bag. Yeah. He's loving the no income tax there. Jimmy Butler. And can we talk about the heat for a second too? And yeah, they got PJ Tucker out of, out of Milwaukee. That's crazy. Surprising. Yeah. I didn't really like that move being because who's I saw a tweet. Well, who's going to stop Kevin Durant now? Yeah. That's a, that's kind of a big deal in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like you got to find someone else who can lock in like PJ, but yeah, Miami, they did some things, Ben. They did. And they, they got PJ Tucker from Milwaukee. Like we said, I don't know how they did that. Um, they were able to sign Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry is coming to Miami. So it'll be, that'll be a very interesting backcourt. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, you have guys who are just consummate pros, right? And those are two guys that love to work, that will have the respect of each other. And they are getting up there in age, but I still think there is something to be said with a little bit more in the gas tank, at least for Kyle Lowry. Butler still has plenty, but I think those two can work pretty well together. It's, you know, you, you got Duncan Robinson back, so you've got the three-point shooting down. Yes. You got who you wanted in Lowry. I mean, that's a really good starting lineup, right? If you can have Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, P.J. Tucker, you're talking about top starting lineups in the East. That's one of them. They're definitely going to be able to play defense. 
Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely going to be one of those defensive-minded teams with P.J. Tucker out there on the perimeter and obviously Kyle Lyre, who led the league in charges <laughs> last oh, season. Yeah. So, you know, he's all about sacrifice. He will sacrifice his body for another possession. So I don't know if they'll be able to compete with the likes of, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. But, you know, they're doing some things. I still think a healthy Brooklyn Nets team should be favored to come out of the Eastern Conference being. And a lot of people are wondering, well, where do the Nets stand right now currently with all these moves being made around the East? I don't think it's really impacting the chances of the Brooklyn Nets making the finals. How do you feel about that? Well, they just signed a point guard too today in uh, Patty Mills. So they're clearly making some smaller moves, which I think is needed. When you have the core that they have with, with Harden and, and Durant, um, and Kyrie, you're going to have to, those like little small mini school role player moves that you make are very, very important. Mm-hmm. And bringing Patty Mills on, I think is a great move. I mean, he's a guy who's shown that he can be a really good role player. He did it with the Spurs and, 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 you know, you hope for the net's sake that it wasn't Spurs magic and, and being under Popovich that helped Patty Mills, he'll be able to bring <laughs> his style of play over to the nets, but the nets they're, they're a favorite for the reason for a reason is because they have those three guys and they have the big three there. And, adding those small role players like a Patty Mills is, is very important. And I think that's a good move. And, and the Nets are the favorite for a reason. And I think they should stay the favorite, at least in the East and maybe in the entire NBA, but they're making moves too, which is surprising, but it, it shows that they're trying to pay attention and always trying to improve instead of just falling back on the fact that they have three future hall of famers on the team. They, they lose out on uncle Jeff. So no more Jeff green. Yeah. And then they, they're bringing back Blake Griffin. So that's solid. And mm-hmm. you know, what's funny I didn't know that Patty Mills signed until just now, which is great. But that's cheaper than Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep. A is. lot cheaper. And that's a guy who's out here asking for $100 million. And it sounds like he's the front runner to go to the Washington Wizards. But we're going to have to, you know, just wait and see. Yeah, and the Wizards, uh, we could talk about them as we're just bouncing around here, different teams. <laughs> Wizards, um, they lose Westbrook. Yeah, they but do. they get Kuzma. <laughs> Guy, you know, who's who who knows with him? Maybe, maybe without the spotlights of LA. Crickets. <laughs> just have 30 seconds of silence after saying Kyle Kuzma's name. I uh, it's uh I don't know. I don't know what that team is now, to be honest. It's it's Brad, a very unique team. I'm, I'm feeling bad yeah. for Brad. <laughs> and if the reports are true about Dinwiddie coming in and playing with Bradley Beal, I think that's a really good backcourt. I mean, I think that fits together pretty well. Yeah, it'll fit pretty well. We'll see. Cause you know what? Spencer Dinwiddie gets a lot of he gets a lot of slack for uh, just for his, so what he says on social media. But outside of that, if he can come back from this injury and be 100 percent and be in this old form that we saw before he went down, I think the, the future is bright for the backcourt as long as Bradley Beal doesn't get frustrated midway through the season in Washington and, you know, tries to request a trade. Yes, because it seems like this was probably the closest in his career where he has gotten that close to, to requesting a trade. Yep. I don't know if he's going to do it. I, I don't know if he's happy with the moves that the that the uh, Wizards have made. I don't know if he's happy that Westbrook is leaving. I would imagine he probably is just because it didn't. I mean, it didn't look like they didn't get along. I'm, I'm sure they were fine with each other, but the styles of play just didn't really match up well. Mm. So he's he's got the team again all to himself. And, and the Wizards are trying to make moves around him. They get Thomas Bryant back, who's actually a pretty good contributor for them. So we'll see. 
I think they could be an interesting team. I don't know if they're a, a top playoff team. I don't even know if they are a playoff team. They're probably not. It'll be interesting. We're not doing what we did last year. <laughs> We're not doing that again. We said they would be like top six coming into the season before, and we were wrong. Oh, 100%. But 100% percent wrong on that one. Trae oh, Young, yeah, Trey Young. Got the bag, 205 mil. And then SGA, Shy Gilders Alexander. You know, we didn't give him a lot of flowers like we did the season before. We did the season before last when Chris Paul was there. But he's still a phenomenal player, and he was able to get the bag to five years, 176. Future's bright for him in terms of the money and improving. I don't know where the Thunder is going to currently stand with all these picks in really yeah. no direction. Yeah, I don't really know what they're going to be doing, but uh, they're clearly a team on the rebuild and a team trying to create a better base for themselves. And I trust Sam Presti, their GM. I, I trust him, and 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 he has shown in the past that he can build a good team, and he knows the right moves to make, and he he knows the draft picks to make. So I, I'm going to keep OKC in the back pocket there and, and say that they're, you know, it's kind of a dead year for them this season. They're going to try to improve, maybe get a better draft pick, and we'll see what they do. But Zach, as yes. we do with free agency – Winners mm-hmm. and losers. We have to gotta pick. Have mm-hmm. There's got to be winners and there's got to be losers, <laughs> as there always is. So, mm-hmm. who are who are some of your winners for this for this past couple of days in free agency so far? Well, first and foremost, the seven seven three, seven zero eight, whichever three one two, whichever area code you know you live in. Here, eight four seven got- for the suburbs, baby. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls is definitely a winner in terms of free agency. Obviously getting Zoe, getting Caruso coming off the bench, DeRozan today. You know, they did a lot of great things to improve this team and make it a better fit for Zach Levine. So he doesn't have the question whether or not he wants to be here. You know, this is a big city, right? So big city, you want, you know, big time players to have big time games. You know, that's always been said. And you need big time players for that. I think Lonzo has the potential to be a big time player, rejuvenate his career in a big city, gritty city like Chicago. You know, DeRozan, he comes out, he's an L.A. kid. So, he know, we're going to bring that type of attitude out to the Midwest. So, I think the future's bright for Chicago. And then the Lakers, I'm going to say they are winners, Ben. They, I know they got a bunch of old cats. I know they got a bunch of old cats out there. Huh. <laughs> but I do think they are winners in all of this because you get Westbrook. He's going to play so hard. You think he's played hard now. He's going to play so hard in front of L.A. Like, it's different when it's home. And so yeah. I think he's going to bring a whole different type of mentality being in that L.A. uniform, knowing what the history brings Wearing that uniform, knowing the commitment, knowing the dedication, knowing the expectations that are put when you put on that L.A. uniform, the L.A. Laker uniform. So, yeah, man, you know, that other guy that I st- I'm not going to mention yet. I know you mentioned him, but you I don't want to mention him. I, I think that guy is going to be a great help. And I think he's going to be the key piece for how they make the Western Conference Finals and maybe even win the NBA Finals, because I think he's going to bring a different level because he's going to be playing alongside of one of his best friends. All right, let's talk about the losers because it's a lot more fun. And honestly, the loser list is a lot more funny because it has the New York <laughs> Knicks on it. And the New York Knicks will never, ever not be a funny team, especially after everything they did in the 90s and how good they were and how untouchable they looked. The last, you know, decade or so of being a Knicks fan cannot have felt good except for a little bit last year. But they really didn't do nothing. They did absolutely diddly squat. They got Rose back. So, yeah, but they didn't really do much to improve the team. They got Derrick Rose back. They lost Reggie Bullock, which I think (laughs) is a big loss, to be honest. Evan Fournier. 
yeah, they got Evan Fournier, but they spent so much money on the guy. Yeah, I didn't think that was a good idea. To, but I, it's New York at the end of the day, and it's like guys in New York who get paid, they get paid the amount of dollars that's going to be available. And it seems like all the time, come free agency, the Knicks always have the money <laughs> to pay four years, bad players. <laughs> yeah, four years, $78 million for Evan Fournier. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, they got Nerland's Noel back. They got Alec Burks back. So, you know, it really seems like they've just been getting the same team back, minus Reggie Bullock, who, again, I thought was a pretty big, impactful player for that team. And they're essentially hoping Julius Randle can continue what he did last season, and hopefully it wasn't a, a season fluke. And also really praying that he can play well in the playoffs, if they can make the playoffs once again, because he did not play well in the playoffs. And maybe we're talking about a completely different Knicks team if he can come back and play well in the playoffs. Evan Fournier, remember when I said in the last podcast, fifth option, Boston Celtics, Team USA allowed him to score 28 points. But yeah. I still want to emphasize he was the fifth option. And so they done, the Knicks done brought in the fifth option from the Boston Celtics for so much money. They, I know the first thing, first day one, Derrick Rose has to be a starter. I don't care about starter minutes and so on and so forth. Rose has to be the starter in the New York Knicks. They are losers. You know who else is a loser, Ben? The Pelicans. Interesting. I don't know what David Griffin got cooking up his sleeve, but <laughs> I can tell you this. What is a year? This is year three for Zion. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. This you is get rid of uh, one of their favorite guys in Lonzo. Yep. Him and Ingram. And exactly. So now it's Ingram and Williamson. You signed Devontae Graham. A lot of people didn't like that signing because, yes, you get a score, a young score, and Devontae Graham. But in terms of if we want to bring up the stats and the numbers, mm -hmm. the three-point shooting was very similar to Lonzo. Yeah. Very similar. And I believe the money that Devontae Graham received was pretty close to what Lonzo received in Chicago. So if you were going to go out and get Devontae Graham for the price that you got him for, you were better off probably keeping Lonzo's in New Orleans and having Zion be happy. I don't think Zion's going to be happy midway through this season, and we're going to hear about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, the moves that they have been making. I'm not 100% sure what they are doing. But they clearly believe in Brandon Ingram and they believe in Zion and, and they're trying to build around those two guys. And I still don't know if that pair even works. I don't know if Ingram and Zion can coexist <laughs> with a team that's trying to win a championship. They're both decent players. I, I should say Ingram is a decent player. Zion is a really, really good player at this point. I mean, he, he's he's a really good player, better than Ingram. And I just don't know if those two mix well together. I really don't. I, I see Zion moving on. You know when this rookie contract is up, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah. I don't really think he's gonna stay there. And I want to hear what the uh, what the fans have to say too about this as well because Zion is a prolific player in this NBA, and so you know he's a highlight reel waiting to happen on top of being unstoppable and just dominant in the paint and on when he's on the floor and and explosive catch alleys. He's he just he's box office right. Like, Zion is just flat-out box office. No other way to truly, really describe it. And so if David Griffin can't get it done, yeah, Zion's probably going to be on the move. But see, in a year or so or a year or two from now, 
where would he go and like where would be the appropriate fit? Because a lot of people yell out a big market immediately. Like they'll say the Knicks. Well, Drew Randall plays over there right now currently, and he's under contract for them. So I don't think that would be the necessarily appropriate decision to make. But just expect, you know, Zion Williamson to be on the move if David Griffin doesn't come up with some sort of plan with this roster to uh, satisfy the uh, All-Star. It'll be interesting because if they if they're not doing a good job with anything, he's gone and that's going to be, you know, they got the biggest got in the draft in Zion and it's going to be the biggest loss if they lose Zion because they're not being uh, they're not being smart with their moves. <laughs> now, NBA Summer League is beginning soon, which will yes. be fun. And we'll be doing a show where we'll be talking more about that as the summer league begins, because that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun to see the NBA about the young players in action. And it'll be the first summer league in two years because there wasn't any last year. So we're yes. going to see rookies from last season now into this summer league. So, you know, for Chicago fans, Patrick Williams is going to be in the summer league. We're going to see a lot of these guys finally get the summer league that they did not have and a chance to improve before practice in preseason starts. Um, Team USA, though, Zach, look like they may lose a game against France or excuse me, uh, against Spain, but they didn't, thankfully. Oh, yeah, they got they outscored the uh, Spaniard team in the second half, yeah. like 59 to 38. Kevin Durant leading the team. KD, 29 points. Chico, remind everyone, yeah. Kevin Durant. Is a human version of a cheat code. (laughs) And he showed that and led that team. I mean, no one in the NBA can guard him other than maybe PJ Tucker. And so no one in the world (laughs) will be able to guard him (laughs) unless like this, uh, unless some of these teams have a PJ Tucker on their team. I just, uh, I don't know who's going to be able to stop him in the Olympic play at all. Exactly. So we'll see what happens in the semifinals game. I believe they're going to play Argentina. If not, it's Australia. It's one or the other. It's going to be a late game. If you if you can stay up, if you can hang, as some people might say, if you can hang, then, you know, support Team USA, USA, USA. <laughs> I think that's the move for sure. All right. Overreaction. Arnold. Baby boy. Go exactly ahead. Exactly is this overreaction? I need to know because I did not look at this before the show started. And you're basically saying Kyle Lowry gets a statue in Toronto. So is it an overreaction? We know Kyle Lowry is now with the Miami Heat, three-year deal. He is no longer playing for Toronto, but he left the Toronto Raptors, what, first in points, first in three points. Like, he did a lot for the Toronto Raptors. and so He is Mr. Raptor. You know, he's he surpassed Vince Carter because he has a and because he has a championship, something that Vince Carter, my main man that's right above me, my favorite player of all time, you know, he surpassed him in a Toronto Raptor uniform. And so my question is, and is it an overreaction, if Kyle Lowry gets a statue outside of the uh, outside of Toronto Stadium or arena? I don't think it is to say that it's an overreaction because of what he did for that city and you mm-hmm. win the title and you, you basically bring basketball back to Toronto, a, a city that very clearly did not really care too much about the team before they got big. And, you know, they had some rough times in the late mid late two thousands, early 2010s. They, they were tough. It was a hard time getting fans and everything like that. So yeah, it would make sense for them to get a, to give Lowry a statue and maybe not now, but when he retires and ends his career, he goes back and they give him a statue. I think that would make sense or retire his number, whatever it may be. I, I think they do need to honor him a little bit 
for what he did for that city in basketball. You know, it's funny. A lot of people don't think that Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Fame basketball player. <laughs> yeah, that's he, tough. He is by definition. It, it's tough because you wouldn't want to see. Well, he's clearly not first ballot, right? He's not first ballot. No. But Yeah, we'll see know. if history treats him better. You know, if you look back and say, that Kyle Lowry better than we thought. <laughs> it's certainly possible. All right, what's NBA Twitter talking about this week, Zach? And they are talking about a lot. What it do, baby? Yes, indeed. First and foremost, my main man, Giannis, out there again, talking that talk after this championship. I love it. And you know I love love it, it too. You got to listen, because you got to throw shade. All these guys go out here and try to create these super teams, don't want to put in the work. That's the main thing you hear in describing Giannis' championship run, putting in the work. Some guys say they put in put in the work, but then they want sometimes the road to be a little more easier for themselves. And that's not what Giannis wants. And Giannis also wants to doesn't want to be the face of the NBA. And he also said he can leave that up to guys like Katie and James Harden. So throwing some more shade to the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> in that super team. And I'm all here for it, Ben. If we can get a rivalry going between the Bucks <laughs> and the Nets especially with that there's gonna, probably going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals again next season. Yes, I am all in. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? That would be so fun. You see yes. Giannis like chirping at KD, and he's actually a guy that can do that and get away with it because he can guard <laughs> KD because of his length. I mean, you get you get a chippiness between the Nets and the Bucks. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I, I am kind of surprised Giannis doesn't want to be the face of the NBA and him saying that because he's such a, a great face to have for the NBA because he's a fun guy. He's yes. charismatic. He's just he's someone who you want to always be around and root for. And that's someone who the NBA should want as the face of their league. But if he wants to throw shade at the Nets, more than happy to oblige and, and to see <laughs> more than happy. Shams and Woj, Shams versus Woj. You know, those memes come out every Ooh, NBA yeah. free agency. <laughs> so, you know, and we, they're team, always good. we team Shams over here. <laughs> oh, team Shams all the way. And it's always fun to see him come out and. And to see the people talking about, but I will say props to Shams for free agency because he whooped Woj early on, especially he had the Lonzo ball news. He had about four or five tweets in the first three or four minutes of free agency announcing signings. Like he was ready. (laughs) Yeah. Shams was, he was plugged in. He was in, he was going hard and, and all Woj could sit, sit back and watch uh, Shams (laughs) take over on free agency day. It was great. Sean bombs, nothing but Sean bombs. He had nothing like but eight tweets in like five minutes. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great to see. He was ready. Shams was on his game. You think they were scheduled? <laughs> no, you would think, but I think he was waiting for that confirmation right as five o'clock hit. Boom. Sends the tweet out. You love yeah. it. All right. You have to talk about it, Zach. Carmelo Anthony is a Laker. He leaves the trailblazers, a situation we both agreed was a good situation for him. But now he's back with his man, LeBron, the banana boat squad, half of it, (laughs) third of it, back together. Interesting move by the Lakers and Carmelo. See, you don't know if it's a good move or not. But let me tell you something, Ben. I really don't. I don't know. They're bringing out the AU version of the Lakers. We're picking up with homeboys, and we're just going to run full court, first team to whatever. Saturday morning games at 8 a.m. Do you understand? That's Because that's exactly how it's going to look. If you putting Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James on the floor at the same time, I'm going to say that one more time. If you put LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony on the floor at the same time, Ben, that is immediate offense 
time and time again, no matter what, the IQ level of both of these players, man, you're gonna break. We may see some. We might. We may see some Carmelo Anthony that we haven't seen in quite some time. He may bring those youth legs out for this Los Jeez. Angeles Lakers team playing with LeBron. Listen, listen. When you play with LeBron James, your game only elevates, man. And these are two players that came into this league together. And for Melo to not care about the money and care about winning in this matter, the only thing that's left to really care about in this stage of his career being, you know, all-time level scorer, you know, there's nothing much left for him to really prove outside of, you know, earning a championship ring. And I think this team right here is going to be his best opportunity he has ever had to achieve that goal. Yes, I agree with that. I just don't know if or what he will be able to contribute. I, what the, you the mean? It's so packed with different players. What is he gonna? Is he gonna play twenty minutes a game? You think? Twenty-five. Oh, yeah. Definitely gonna play. He's gonna be a key factor coming off that bench. If not, you know, sometimes having a starter role too. Because think about it. Look at the Los Angeles Lakers right now. Right? You're expecting AD to play the five. Brown to play the four. Or Melo can play the four, and Brian can play the five. So you, I mean, play the four, three, and the four. You have the you have the luxury of being able to switch those two in terms of whichever one you want to play the three and the four position, which ones you want to be, you know, closer to the the block or what, who wants to be on the wing. Either or, like you have options now because those are two high level players. Granted, you know, we see what Brian has been able to do time and time again for consecutive years. And yes, Melo has kind of fallen off in terms of the productivity, but I think with the right amount of minutes, you can maximize the uh, full potential and what you can get out of Carmelo Anthony. I'm It'll be interesting. You, it's going to work. It's the starting work. lineup that people have them pegged at right now is Russ, point guard, Taylor Horton Tucker, shooting guard, LeBron, small forward, Anthony Davis, power forward, and Dwight Howard at center. That's a pretty good starting lineup defensively, and you get you get the offense. That's a good that's a good starting lineup. And they have a solid bench with some of these older veteran guys, you know, Kendrick Nunn coming off the bench, Malik Monk maybe coming off the bench for them as well. They have Trevor Ariza now, Carmelo Anthony coming off for Anthony Davis. So they have the pieces, and if Melo is one of the, you know, seventh man for that team, seventh, eighth man, I think that's pretty solid. You can convince me that that's a good move. Six, seventh. You said seven, eight. Six, I say six, seven. Six, eight. Six, <laughs> six, six, a little hey, high. Mello, for I don't know. Six, man. I, I, Melo be that six man coming off that pine. Now, come on now. <laughs> uh, finally, Steph gets his bag. He gets his bag. Four now, years, 215 mil. What's so interesting, Ben? And this is what I was going to – I was going to have this for stat of the week. But then I was like, no, we're just keeping about the money, and we can put it for what's trending on Twitter because a lot of memes came out when Steph got this bag because it's very interesting about this $215 million over four years. In NBA history being Stephen Curry, Wardale Stephen Curry is the first player in NBA history to not only receive one $200 million contract, but two <laughs> – $200 million contracts, man. Now, I know you're living in Cali, so that tax is a little steep. <laughs> but that is a lot of money through only two contracts, man. Two. That's only two contracts from his career. $400 million through two contracts. He's. Pr this is probably his fourth contract in the NBA. And honestly, there are probably only four or five other guys who you could say are worth that. Steph yeah. is absolutely worth two two hundred <laughs> million dollar 
Maybe more than that. <laughs> Honestly, probably a lot more for what he has done for Golden State, for what yes. he's done for their you know brand and for the team and championships and everything. He's worth probably over $500 million for something that they do. So for him to get this much money, over $50 million a year, deserves it all. The guy's going to have his buddy Clay Thompson back next season. He's going to have Draymond back with him. They just got Otto Porter for minimum. It's going to be a fun team for the Warriors next season. And I think a lot of people are going to sleep on it because you're going to hear about the Lakers. You're going to hear about the Bulls. You're going to hear about the Heat. But the Warriors are just slowly but surely the biggest free agent that they got, Zach, over the summer. Clay Thompson. They're going to get him back. They're going to get Clay Thompson <laughs> back. He's their biggest acquisition over the summer. And the fact that they're going to have him and Steph back fully healthy and Draymond there with him, you just got to run it back again. You got to run with what works. And you got Steve Kerr there and – you're going to have Otto Porter and you're going to have some good shooters, some young guys, Wiseman. So I, don't sleep on the Warriors. I'm not saying they're going to win a title, but don't sleep on them. Eh, well, they have high expectations for themselves because they've played championship level basketball in the past. I yes. don't really know, Ben, if we're going to see the same Warriors team we've seen in the past. I just really don't know because other teams in the West have elevated their teams you know they've elevated their rosters now granted we don't know what dallas will look like we don't know what we know what we don't really know what memphis will look like next year without jv and so and so there's different moves we don't know what's gonna happen with the Cavs with kevin love shout out right. to jerry allen getting that deal five years hundred million dollars yeah. just throw that out there but we don't necessarily know what's gonna transpire yet i mean we still got Kawhi leonard out there and he's expected to sign with the Clippers, but we really just don't know. I really want him to leave, man. I want him to shake something. I want him to shake it up. Shake, shake it Interesting. up. Interesting. Go to Portland or something. <laughs> go to go to Philly. Sign and listen. Sign and trade and get Ben Simmons in the Clipper uniform or something. I know it may not make sense, but gotta do something, right? You gotta do Ridiculous. something. I try to do something. I mean, Dame, we may he may ask for a trade before the season. You just never really know. But I know what you got to do, though, Ben. What do you have to do? You got to conclude this podcast with <laughs> making sure you subscribe to Points in the Paint podcast. Tell your friends, tell your friends, friends, tell your family. Always listen and subscribe, rate and review Points in the Paint podcast. Check out Shark Lessons with Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson. Make sure you listen to as well. Be on the lookout. It is now August, so it is official. Tape Don't Lie will be releasing this month. You can already subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow Shams. If you're not following Shams right now, you need to be following You're missing Shams. out. You you're definitely, missing out some good tweets. <laughs> I had to turn my notifications on, Ben, because that's how important <laughs> it was for Shams' tweets. And so if you're missing out, you're definitely missing out. If you want to catch all the breaking news, make sure you follow Shams, not the other guy. Get down with Shams for the Sean Bombs. And make sure you follow Stadium for all your sports around the around the country, the Olympics, and so on and so forth. And that's going to conclude this edition of Points in the Paint. Until next week. <laughs>